Hello and welcome to the Qubit Guy podcast, brought to you by Classic, the quantum algorithm design company. My name is Yuval, and my guest today is Christoph Jorzek, founder and partner at Quantonation, a quantum-focused venture capital firm. We spoke about his investment strategy, what he sees from his position as a board member, vertical integration, and much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know how we did by emailing hello at classic.io. That's hello at CLASSIQ.io. Hello, Christoph, and thank you for joining me today. Hey, Yuval. Good to be on board. Thanks for having me in your, in your um, podcast. Thanks. So who are you and what do you do? Um, so I'm Christoph Jerzak. I'm a partner at uh, Quantonation, which is a fund uh, dedicated to quantum technologies and deep physics, which I started a few years ago with uh, my partners, Charles and, uh, and Olivier uh, in France. Uh, now I'm based in the, in the US mostly, but um, we have made a big number of investments. Uh, I think we are the, the largest investor in number of participation in quantum space uh, with 15 uh, lines so far. We made 17 investments to exit, so we, we're having uh, 15 companies in the portfolio investing, uh, yeah, as we speak, a couple of deals to come over the next weeks and uh, yeah, proceeding with uh, uh, the quantum revolution. How large is the fund? So it's a bit tricky to, to answer because uh, I will tell you a little bit about the story, how we came to be. And I think that's interesting also um, because that, uh, that's a direct consequence of a dynamic of a sector. So um, and maybe a few words about myself also to explain the, the origin of uh, the origination of quantonation. So I'm a, I'm a physicist by training, which is uh, relatively rare in, the, in venture capital. I did a PhD in quantum physics with Alain Spey. Uh, yeah, in 1996, that's a while ago, uh, neutral atoms technology, even a postdoc, but then did my career mostly in the energy sector, renewable energy. And back in 2015, uh, while I was living in, in Palo Alto, I decided uh, to come back to the to the sector, quantum tech. Uh, that's when more or less INQ, Rigetti uh, were founded. Uh, things yeah, started to happen. I think quantum computing, when I was yeah, thinking about that in 95, 96, but that was really science fiction. But then it was uh, extraordinary to see things evolving at that speed. Uh, so I came back to the sector, take, took me a couple of uh, years to figure out exactly how, but then we started Quantonation with Charles and Olivier and Jean-Gabriel uh, in Paris in 2018. And um, we did it not let's say uh, just on one time i think the sector was relatively mature for early stage investment so it took us a little bit of time uh we structured it in two phase first we did some investment from a, a, a vehicle and then we converted into a fund strictly speaking uh, gplp structure traditional venture capital so the fund uh continuation one which is the fund we're talking about has been launched early last year first closing uh we put into the fund all the assets we had already invested in that's why we have 15 investments already in the portfolio and then uh, if all goes according to the plan this month in march we should do our final closing uh, for the fund uh, we should be around uh, 80 million euros um, which is rather substantial for an early stage fund since uh, we're really investing in the first phases of the life of the company so uh, just at incorporation uh, one or two years after so what people call pre-seed and seed, and then we do some follow-on investments. Um, so yeah, 80 million uh, for the fund. Um, 
and that's uh, where we are. So I hope we'll uh, we'll share the good news within a couple of weeks, either in March or April. But we seem to be on track uh, to reach this number way past our original target, which was 50 million euro. Uh, so things have been good over the last month. Uh, lots of progress, lots of very nice results from the portfolio companies. And what's the investment thesis? Is it anything quantum? Is it software, hardware, applications, quantum sensing, quantum communications, quantum computers? It's physics first. Uh, it's, it's, so I call that deep physics. Maybe it's a, it's a weird term to uh, uh, to many people, but let's say it's quantum, essentially quantum technologies for its various applications, uh, whether computing, sensing, communication, and also some things that are quite like it, but let's say not necessarily quantum 2.0 with entanglement, superposition. For example, uh, we have invested in photonic chips, which I put in this category. Uh, we're looking at uh, this moment at new materials for a long wave uh, infrared uh, sensing, uh, which is very exciting. Not strictly speaking, your uh, yeah, quantum 2.0, as people say uh, now, uh, technology, but there's some consistency because that's the same uh, markets, uh, same kind of application, same dynamics. Uh, but by and large, uh, at the end of the day, it's essentially mostly quantum plus uh, some of these uh, deep physics things. And the applications are the three uh, ones I've mentioned, broad categories, uh, sensing, communication, computing. We do hardware and software, uh, quite heavy on hardware, I must say. Um, but lately, we have been also uh, investing more and more into software. Uh, and there's a good balance in the portfolio, in my view, and that's what What's really important, I think, this kind of initiative is have a balanced uh, portfolio between things that are relatively short term, like quantum sensing with true markets, application, uh, revenues uh, and customers, uh, real product development and things that are a little bit more speculative. And it's mostly on the uh, quantum computing side for some technologies or some applications. So we have a um, good range of technologies, I think, different dynamics. Uh, and we have quantum for now with sensing things happening right now uh, and uh, markets and technologies being deployed over the next couple of years uh, for the other applications. And from a geography focus, um... Do you see quantum happening in one particular continent? Are your investments centered primarily in France or Europe? How does that work? Uh, we are global, and that's very important uh, to have the capacity to to make the investment decision really based on the uh, on the technology, on the team, on the value of the of the startup we're investing in. Uh, but naturally, we have also many connections in France and in Europe. So uh, we have quite a lot of projects uh, from France, and from uh, from EU, from the UK. Uh, we have invested in Canada, several companies in the US. Um, not yet in Israel, that's something uh, we've been looking at, but that definitely could be a possibility. Uh, Southeast Asia as well, we've looked at a couple of projects. Um, so yeah, it's important to invest globally. Of course, there are different dynamics, different ecosystems. For this kind of sector, um, non-dilutive grants, what we call yeah, the, the, the money, that's not the equity, but the, the grants that the government essentially is giving to the companies. That's really important for uh, the company to be well positioned. Uh, so. In general, I must say, uh, yeah, if there's no such plan, I think there's little chance, a few chances that we see an ecosystem thrive and, uh, and companies uh, coming out of the, of the country. Uh, when there's a, a well-structured plan, as is the case in the UK, in Quebec, in Canada, in the US, in France, Italy, uh, a little bit. Uh, we have some projects in Spain, Switzerland, and Germany, of course. Uh, I mean, there we see a, a good and healthy pipeline of projects. I think the two of your companies have recently merged, right? Pascal and Q&Co. And so 
the result of that merger is essentially a full stack company, right? From hardware all the way to the applications. Maybe it's an obvious question, but do you think it's a good idea to create these full stack companies as opposed to allowing customers to choose best of breed hardware, software components, make sure the hardware uh, can run any software, make sure the software can run on any hardware and so on. Yeah, no, I think it's a good idea, obviously. Uh, we really were interested in sponsoring this initiative. I think it's um, there's a very good report by BCG about uh, hardware and software, how things play uh, there. And I think it's a question of of time, in a sense. I think uh, as of today, especially in the phase where we are, where we don't have error correction, uh, we don't have universal fault-tolerant quantum computers, uh, I think it's it's quite clear there's a very strong connection between the hardware and software and the applications and the development. So there has to be strong uh, connections between these different actors in the stack. Uh, I think in the long term, uh, more, let's say, hardware agnostic approaches definitely uh, will make sense in my view. Uh, but for now, I think there needs to be such a such a connection. So one way to establish these connections and to make to make this efficient is for hardware companies to develop uh, some software applications themselves so directly and pascal was already doing that and then to accelerate uh, going to uh, um, uh, m a and acquisitions um, and that that has happened that will happen rigetti had done that also a few years ago with qx branch uh, that was uh, first operation in the sector i think the next expect things will happen again there's also obviously the uh, honeywell uh, cambridge quantum computing merger which is also in this category but by far that doesn't mean uh, that uh, that's the only model i think um, company like pascal and others and honeywell i mean their platform is available uh, for partners um, to develop applications on it i mean but one thing for sure i think is that there needs to be a strong connection so how it is built i mean that's open uh, i mean open, sorry uh, and there are different mechanisms strong partnerships uh, access privileged access to the platform access to the hardware will be a key challenge over the next years there are not that many machines uh, that are available uh, there will not be that many uh, and i see that but it will be an issue people tend to underestimate uh, as soon as we reach quantum advantage of course people will want to use these machines so uh, the connection with the hardware will be super important but uh, yeah full stack is one option which is i think has a lot of value in the current stage um, doesn't mean it's exclusive uh, and i think there's a lot of value in the collaboration with specialized uh, software developer people who are developing platforms as well as classic obviously uh, other players in this space um, because, yeah i'd be very open and i think it's way too early uh, to have a to, to to decide about the, how the stack looks like uh, how the different actors uh, will uh, uh with friends will, will position themselves i think it's open it will be open for Quite, quite a time, I think. You have a great seat to see the industry progressing because I'm guessing that you either, you personally or your partners sit on a lot of quantum computing boards. In a way, you see not just the marketing story, but also how the sausage is made. Um, <laughs> and so what are you hearing from, or what are your companies hearing from end customers? Is the view of the enterprise company changed over the last year or two? Do you think that people are more open, less open? Uh, what is the sense that you're getting about the direction of the of the enterprise market? Um, 
I think uh, so. So I've been in this and uh, uh, for, for a while now. Uh, before starting Quantonation, I've worked a, a bit also with uh, uh, with QCware in the US. Uh, Matt Johnson and the team there uh, really uh, very interesting work. So we were trying was trying back in 2016, 17 uh, to work on the applications and, and softwares, and I've seen the uh, the situation change evolve drastically over the years. Um, I think there's a, a there. I see industry now moving really into the direction of uh, not only let's say exploring with proof of concepts and trying things, uh, but really seriously putting quantum into their uh, their roadmap. Whether it's for a product next year or in five years, I mean, obviously we're not there yet. There's still uh, things need to happen so that we reach this quantum advantage we all uh, hope is on, on the horizon uh, but i see industry taking these uh, technologies much more seriously and starting to integrate or put quantum quantum computing qpus uh, into their workflows uh, that's true in particular in finance uh, i must say so there's a a company uh, a customer from uh, from pascal and, and multiverse uh, which are two portfolio company it's called credit agricole corporate investment banking uh, uh, they published a press release last year, and I've been working. And since I'm in the board of Pascal, I follow things a little bit there. Uh, not to go into too many details, but I think they did really an outstanding job putting resources uh, from the company into uh, the dialogue with the software uh, and the hardware vendors. And that's that was pretty spectacular. The level of uh, engagement, uh, seriousness, the profiles they put into these kind of conversations. I think that's something did not necessarily have five, six years ago. Uh, and I think now uh, people take this uh, much more seriously, authentically want to put that into their their their, their roadmap. Um, the number of, uh, of customers and companies to bring in, uh, I think that's increasing, but we need more initiatives such as, for example, uh, hackathons. And I want to mention one that we did uh, with an association I co-founded in France is called Quantix, uh, alumni of Ecole Polytechnique. And I did that with uh, Elvira Shishenena. She's working BMW and Alex Krajenbring from uh, Cambridge Quantum Computing. Uh, and essentially working on uh, hackathons of a new kind uh, technical hackathon, relatively standard, let's say, uh, with vendors. Uh, there was uh, the first one who did 10 vendors, uh, different technologies, bringing use case, super interesting. But then a phase also working on the business and the business case uh, on how to turn what had been developed into a useful product, uh, how to uh, to interface also and to interact with the companies and the, the end users. That was super interesting. And this kind of initiative, uh, building bridges be between end users uh, and tech developers, I think uh, we need more of that. Uh, not only uh, the companies developing the technologies themselves, but also uh, ecosystem-wide initiatives uh, with not-for-profits. Uh, so Quantix, Unitary Fund, I am a board member of uh, Unitary Fund as well, doing exceptional things in open source space and uh, hackathons as well. Um, also Xanadu is doing great hackathons, I think super helpful. These initiatives uh, that create some um, some connections within the ecosystem between the different parties are still very important at this stage. Uh, and I've seen that happening over the last couple of years. I think it makes a huge difference. It helps bring new customers uh, to the table, uh, new companies uh, that you were not thinking about uh, when, when we started uh, working in quantum computing and application. So yeah, I think the, the, the space is growing. We see more customers, also more uh, 
business units in, uh, in these companies and, uh, and professionals really getting involved. Uh, not only the R&D people, but also the business people, and that's super important. Let's talk a little bit about the national level. Uh, what would you like to see governments do to help move quantum along? And what do you think about sort of the nationalistic, I need a quantum computer because I might not be able to use your quantum computer if there's a, a conflict or, or something like that, sort of the quantum's arms race? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, for for investors. Obviously, that's uh, that's not we we want uh, less friction. I mean, we want uh, as as many connections as possible. Capacity for these companies to do business wherever they they want, uh, and that obviously is uh, this. There's some nationalism. I, uh, I hear you about that. And what we try to do is building connections and keeping lines open between ecosystems. Uh, and one way to do it, uh, I think, is working on the um, very concrete initiatives um, and at, at ecosystem level, not necessarily national level, but also regional ecosystem. Thinking, for example, uh, a few great ecosystems in Europe, like uh, Munich, uh, Munich Quantum Valley, there's Paris Center and Saclay as well. There's Delft in the Netherlands, a very strong ecosystem. And in Canada, Sherbrooke, very close to the ecosystem there. They're doing really exceptional things. Uh, I think between building connections between these ecosystems, not only uh, the governments, but also the companies, the universities, the users, that interact at this level, uh, I think is one way to go. Uh, I'm seeing also in Europe, for example, these initiatives in the HPC space, uh, connecting different countries with uh, uh, EuroHPC. Uh, that's also a very good idea, but we can extend that also um, not only to, to Europe, but to countries outside of Europe, obviously. Uh, we need that to happen. I think quantum, uh, we have still... We have so many things to do in order to uh, to improve the quality of the processors, uh, in order to get to long-term uh, photo-run quantum computing that we all dream of. I think it's not over by far. Uh, it would be really damaging for everybody if um, borders were closed now uh, from this perspective. I mean, quantum is coming from labs, uh, essentially, I mean, from academic collaborations, which have been there forever. And uh, researchers have been quite uh, free to interact uh, and develop together projects. Um, so we, sh we should we must pursue and have the possibility to build these connections and this collaboration. I think it's super important. It's way too early uh, to close doors. Uh, I think these we are not at the stage where these machines represent a threat just right now uh, for uh, uh, implementing Shor's algorithm, for example. We know it will take some more time. So we should be careful and not let people think that it's a weapon uh, as of today already and it's there of course there's a threat but it's longer term and there are ways to protect against that but that's one part of the story everybody i think the the startups um, the communities i mean the governments must be careful not to overdo it also in terms of uh, yeah, assessment of the maturity of this technology we're still very early we need collaboration uh, within countries between countries between continents uh, that's absolutely necessary do you have any concern that a quantum winter is coming? Um, so I'm, I don't know exactly what that means, but uh, <laughs> uh, I... Uh... No, I, I'd say um, if I'm looking first at, at quantum with respect also to um, to other technologies uh, that are that have an impact like blockchain, AI, etc. I think I hear sometimes people tell me, okay, there's I mean, it's 
too much money in quantum. I mean, what does that mean when you compare also to other technologies or autonomous driving? I mean, given the impact in the long term that quantum will have, which is huge and which uh, is starts to be well assessed now, uh, I think definitely we're not putting enough money in quantum, in my view, uh, in order for uh, for us to reach uh, this level. So quite the contrary, we need more. Uh, one thing we must be careful about uh, is manage expectations, I think. And sometimes uh, I see... Uh, uh, let's say statements uh, that are a little bit too aggressive in my view about reaching this and that um, uh, given application being implemented in quantum computer within a time where quite frankly I don't think it makes sense um, I think that's a that's a difficulty a challenge it's difficult to assess uh, it still is uh, the horizon for application of quantum um, I think that's what we do uh, at, uh, with Quantonation. I think we do it well. We, and as I said, we have a portfolio of companies. We are able to assess the, the different levels of maturity. We invest in some technologies that are very early stage, some that are a little bit more mature. In my view, uh, Quantum, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a journey. We'll have applications with, that will be implemented very early. And I think maybe even uh, as soon as this year or next year. And I really think uh, seriously that we will have quantum implemented, quantum computer implemented in workflow uh, at this stage, not for dramatic applications, let's say. It will be part of a workflow. It will have an impact. Maybe it's a sampling, for example, which is uh, something that's very useful for many applications. Long term, we'll do extraordinary things, but the, the important is to assess um, the dynamics and uh, to understand the journey. It's not going to happen all at once. Uh, we will have more and more applications. Uh, and I think the the, the, the BCG report uh, that was published, I think was last year, was very good at explaining that, that we will unlock uh, different uh, pools of applications. I think that's definitely it. Uh, that's important. So, so we must be careful not to overpromise that could have negative impacts. Uh, but overall, I think we need more money. Not, we need more investors, more investments in early stage, in late stage. Uh, and I am quite optimistic about the fact that uh, we will have enough uh, applications demonstrated over the next year so that uh, this will go on and will be consistent. Uh, when I started in 2018, 2017, 18, making these investments, that was much more difficult because uh, yeah, there was not much to show at the time. Uh, really, we were talking a lot about the science, uh, which is great, obviously, but it's not easy to convince investors based on that. Uh, two years later, in 2020, 2021, we started, we had proof of concept projects. Uh, we had some real hardware devices, uh, things to show and customers. Uh, and I think the journey has been uh, extraordinary, very fast as well, true. Uh, but I see continuous progress. We must be careful about... Uh, uh, assessing properly the, the maturity of this technology, but the hype. Uh, and, but if we keep that collectively uh, under control, uh, I don't think there will be a, a backlash or anything like that, that quantum winter might represent, well, at least the terminology as I understand it. Uh, so we must be careful. That's a large part uh, responsibility of the quantum community, uh, but I'm quite optimistic. So as we get close to the end of our conversation today, let me put you in a position where you are master of the universe, or at least master of the quantum universe. Uh, what would you like companies to do in the next two years, both your portfolio companies as well as uh, broader companies in the ecosystem? What would you like us to be focused on? Um, yeah, well, the next couple of years. Uh... 
I think the this the quantum education. I think I uh, I think we still miss, uh, and I think the I think the industry is is doing well. It's progressing uh, really well in the hardware, etc. But it takes time, and things will happen, etc. Uh, I think we're still missing. Uh, uh, attention to the ecosystem as such as a whole, uh, and I think I see some some governments and some plans, you know, where people will put money into quantum and quantum technologies. That's great, with taxpayers' money getting into these technologies, these companies, uh, but they tend to neglect all uh, the other aspects, which are the glue that would help all these things being consistent. Uh, so I'd like very much that there are more ecosystem level uh, activities, uh, regional, uh, national and global, more connections uh, between countries there, more funds as well, as well more investors. I think we need, uh, as I said, more money and it's, it's good to be here and to be the first, uh, but we welcome uh, obviously other investors, other, uh, other people to invest into quantum technologies. That's very important. Uh, but I think the community as such needs to structure itself and, and to grow. And that's very important. That's the way we will have more projects also, uh, more companies. Uh, the deal flow for us as an investor is super important. We need more. Uh, I mean, like uh, we need an acceleration there uh, on the number of companies that's created every year uh, that gets into the uh, into the ecosystem and that's going to happen because we have a strong ecosystem so working uh, at the same time at building these great companies uh, but also uh, don't neglect uh, ecosystem level activities through not-for-profits for money that has to go there as well uh, and that in my view is very important if we don't do it uh, we risk uh, really not to be in a position to grow uh, at a pace that we should have uh, I mean, again uh, i think sky is the limit there uh, i think we have a bright future ahead of us uh, but uh, we need to have these activities christophe how can people get in touch with you and what kind of investments are you looking for uh, easy to get in touch with me. I mean, I've got my email on the website and it's uh, Christoph at quantonation.com. Uh, we're uh, looking at, uh, uh, and we like, one thing we like to do uh, a lot, uh, I think is talking also to, to people and to, who are structuring or thinking about projects even before they incorporate. Uh, that's uh, very, that's early investment. That's a lot of work for us, obviously, but that's part of the job. And I think that's very important because you can, there are things to do, things not to do as well. There are, after 15 investments and growing, uh, we have learned some lessons. Uh, so we'd like to share that as well. Uh, so I'm really open to have conversations with uh, with people on early stage projects, um, even if it's not very mature. We're interested in, as I said, uh, various um, geographies, North America, Europe, Southeast Asia, um, projects there, uh, hardware, software. Yeah, I mean, the, the thesis is on the website, I'd say. Uh, we will go on. We will not change. Uh, I think very happy about where we are and what we have learned and done. Um, so, in, yeah, look at the, the companies we've invested in. Uh, that might give you some ideas. And uh, uh, we look for new projects all the time. I think exciting uh, founders, teams, uh, exciting science, uh, really open to, to have these conversations early on. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Joel.